rolling, 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 Bassages, rolling, rolling right in to another episode of Bass Edge Radio, August 15th, 2016. Bass Edge Radio is presented by MegaWare Keelguard. Put on the protection the pros pick. Be sure to visit them at keelguard.com. All kinds of good stuff to you coming, Bass Edge listeners, right here from the south side in the state of Texas. Let's get it started, Bass Edge Radio. know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. KeelGuard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. KeelGuard keel protectors. Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong current or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. In three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Well, Kurt, it is good to be at the mic with you. Uh, One thing that I do want to bring up, you kind of let me, you know, slide this under the radar screen at the last episode, but... Our Bass Edge boy, Mr. Kurt Dove, had the top five finish on Oneida at the BASS Open. Talk to me and, uh, you know, tell me how you did that, man. Yeah, bro. Well, I tell you, it was a lot of fun. You know, I just actually got back from doing some smally action up at St. Clair. Had a had a sponsor trip up there with the folks at Expanse Energy Solutions. So had a lot of fun catching some more smalls. But I don't know what it is. Me and those smallmouth, man, we, we kind of get along. I've been to Oneida several, several times and... Uh, I think I've fished seven tournaments up there, you know, dating back to about 2003 when I used to live over there on the east side. But basically, man, it was a just one of those deals. You kind of understand a fishery a little bit and you, and you run around and practice and you get on a couple groups of fish and you make some good decisions. Uh, you know, that's really all it's about. You know, we talk about decision making so much here at Bass Edge and, and mental stuff and those types of things that really click and, and can make an event go well for an angler. And and uh, that's what happened to me. I, I was fishing deep and shallow, had, had a couple different things going, and I had one really good pot of fish going that was that was highly pressured during the tournament. So I was able to kind of lay off of that the first day or two and uh, fish some other things. And then once I made the top 12, that was the key to my kind of a big bag that last day. I had almost 18 pounds of smallmouth at Oneida on that last day, which is a pretty good bag. Yeah, that's rock solid. <laughs> yeah, especially after the, the lake's been pounded for, you know, a week Plus, uh, these open events, you know, with no off limits and 200 anglers on a on a good sized body of water, but not a huge body of 
water. Caught up Carolina rigging the last day in some major wind. And uh, that was kind of the key to catching some bigger fish that last day. And the, the other days, you know, kind of typical drop shotting, you know, always using my I'm a flit jerk bait. That's how I locate a lot of these fish. I caught a few in practice, but I tell you what, when conditions aren't perfect for a jerk bait, those smallmouth just can't stand and not follow it around. And in an Oneida, you're dealing with a lot of grass and a lot of big flats. So I was able to locate a lot of fish with that uh, I'm a flit 120 jerk bait, specifically using a chartreuse shad. Uh, there was a little bit of a stain to the water. It's not a super, super clear lake. So uh, I, when it's not really clear, like home down here at Amistad is super clear. And I like some of the more opaque colors. But uh, up there, I like, you know, I was using more of that solid color, that that chartreuse shad jerk bait. So worked out really well, dude. Happy about it. I'm actually right here in Virginia getting ready for the James River about to kick off stop number two on the northern open swing uh flw was a lot of fun this year but man that tournament circuit ended about two months ago i mean it was june when uh, i concluded my flw tour year so um just picking up a couple of cool events here later on this fall traveling around and uh who knows who knows what's going to happen well, hopefully we get out here and get on this tidal water deal and uh, catch some james river bass well and you're kind of returning for those of uh, bass edge listeners who who may not know that you're returning to kind of your original stomping grounds in the, in the Virginia area, at least, you know, you moved down to Del Rio. What, what has it been now? Four years, five years ago or, or longer than uh, that? Try eight. <laughs> <laughs> showing our age, showing our age. Hey, but speaking of which, you know, it's, as you mentioned, when we were talking, you know, before uh, actually going live and, and uh, doing this, I mean, it's just, it's just been hot across the country, right? And, and certainly nothing better than heading into the North country to catch some smallmouth. But for those of us who aren't able or uh, don't necessarily have that schedule to be able to head up there, you know, there's still a lot of bass to be caught you know even even down south and i know it really in the united states doesn't hardly get any further south than than where you uh, reside in in del rio texas what's some of the things that that you're doing you know this time of year to be able to engage bass and still get out on the on the water and, and have some fun without dying of heat exhaustion yeah well you know it, it has been a really hot probably the i mean through the july months you know the, the month of july it was the hottest july i've ever had and it really hasn't tapered off here at all obviously in, in August. But, uh, you know, for me down here, you know, when I'm at Lake Amistad and and fishing, it, it's about the morning hours for me, really. You know, I can get out there at 6, 6.30 in the morning and fish till about 1 before it really starts to heat up. So still a lot of quality fishing and uh, the fish are still fairly active. Uh, we've got a lot of vegetation here at Amistad, so the fish are really relating to that. Uh, but you can catch them a lot of different ways. You can get out off on the deep structure or you can stay a little bit more mid-depth to even shallow and catch them out of that vegetation. That's that's the great thing about lakes with grass um, is that no matter what conditions are weather-wise, I don't care if it's winter, mid-summer, late summer like, like we are right now. If there's grass around, there's fish inside and around that grass. You just got to figure out how to trigger them. And, and kind of typical, you know, summertime, morning hours are, are probably your best bet for being consistent. So try and plan your trips according to the weather, which is, it's been hot as blazing saddles. So, uh, 
fishing in the morning, super key, and then staying around that vegetation or kind of getting off in that deep structure. But a uh, lot, lot of great fishing still going on, even in this heat of summer. And uh, we're going to learn even more about that today, fishing heat of summer and uh, late summer and how some of these bass are being caught in a lot of these South Texas lakes and, and even some up, up at Lake Fork because we got a great guy on the phone, Matt Reed in the house. What do you think, Aaron? Are you excited for this one? I am fired up. <laughs> well, without further ado, <laughs> before you burn to the ground, let's get Mr. Matt Reed on the phone. This fellow on the show today is one of the best guys in the state of Texas. Fished the BASS Elite Series for 10 plus years, and he is a longtime professional angler with the iconic Bass Pro Shops brand. Welcome to the show, Pro Angler Matt Reed. Great to have you here today, Matt. Hey, Kurt. Great to be here. Uh, always fun to talk to you, buddies, and everybody out there about catching a big old fish in the state of Texas. Well, Matt, let's get the business of tournament fishing out of the way here really quick. You know, you made a very smart decision in my book. You decided a couple months ago to suspend some tournament fishing for the remainder of 2016. How does it feel now that that is behind you? Well, that, that was a tough decision. I, you know, my year hadn't gone well. There's been a whole lot going on in my life that, that just really interrupted your mental state, and it's not where it ought to be. So uh, I just had to punch the regroup button, step back, and, and, and make a financial decision to step out of the game for a little bit and, and, and try to regroup. And after I did that, uh, my stress level immediately went down. You know, I, we fight that game. We love that game. And I really plan on getting back in the game. But uh, it was time for me to, to punch the regroup button, step back, and and get it all together and, and, and get your drive back and get things together so that, that you can do it right in the future. Well, Matt, you know, most folks just don't realize the commitment of time it takes to be on tour and really how tough it is to make any type of living just off tournament winnings. What advice can you give anglers that are looking to make the jump to the pro level so that they might be able to be successful? You know, one of the biggest things is don't have the misconception that it's an easy game. It's probably as hard a thing to make a living at as, as, as there is out there. You know, in anything that if at the top level is very tough. One thing you need to be prepared, sponsor-wise, to do all you can for your sponsors. It's really not what they can do for you; it's what you can do for them, and, and that you know help them feel good about paying you to, to work for them. But you really need to be prepared to do a lot of it on your own for the first few years. Uh, you know, it's going to take you a little while out there to get established, get get everything going in the right direction. So don't have the misconception that it's all easy and it's all going to be given to you because it's not. You're going to have to earn it every step of the way. Well, and and quickly. You know, something that rings true in every single angler that we interview, Matt, is you brought it up concerning the mental aspect, you know. And that is true regardless if you're tournament fishing or just out on the water recreational fishing. You've got to have that mental uh, clarity, I guess. Otherwise, you're, you're kind of already out of the game before you even get started. No, you are. If you're not fully there mentally, especially at the top level in the game and either tour or whatever the elites, the FLW, whatever, heck, at any level you're fishing. If you're not at the top mental level of your game, they're going to run over you like a June bug. There's going to be a little splatter mark where you used to be. That's right. And, uh, hey, <laughs> I want to switch gears now because I have uh, kind of been checking out your Facebook page and holy smokes what is going on down there in texas at lake falcon and, and fork i mean it is just like every picture or photo 
that I see you post, it's just monsters. I'm fortunate enough that I guide at places where big fish live. You can't catch a big fish if he doesn't live there. And also, I, when I guide, I really don't find it interesting just to catch a bunch of fish. I'm going to target big fish and try to catch big fish. That's what I set out to do in the morning every day. Uh, some days you don't catch as many fish as you should, but, but boy, it's been really good. At, at, at Falcon, our, our, our lake is coming back really good. You know, we've had good habitat for three years in a row. Good spawns. They grow extremely fast out here. So numbers are good. Big fish are really starting to show up in good numbers. Uh, that is a whole lot of fun. Lake Fork has been real good this summer also. You know, the deep structure, which which is, is what I like to do. I, you know, I'm going to target big fish offshore in the summer, and that's just my cup of tea. And, and you don't catch as many numbers at Lake Fork as you do at Falcon, but you catch a lot of big fish. So that's the one thing in common with what I love to do. I, I want there to be big fish involved. Well, Matt, let's let's break that down just a little bit farther. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot better fishing here at Amistad as well than we had, you know, the past several years. Uh, really tough 13 and 14. 15 got a little bit better. Now 16, it's it's coming back even stronger. With your experience at Falcon, what is your take on the comeback of those two Rio Grande River impoundments? I mean, can you give some folks that maybe hadn't followed as closely? Because let's face it, you know, once the 25 and 30 pound sack started falling off the radar, you know, folks kind of forgot about Falcon and Amistad a whole lot. And with your experience at Falcon, what was kind of that general process of what happened to, you know, slow the fishing down a little bit and now it's really starting to rebound? Can you help us understand that a little bit? Sure, Kurt. It's pretty simple. You know, there's a. It, it goes back to one thing: habitat. You know, we lost our habitat in in the middle of 2012 and 13. It, it suffered really bad. When you lose all your water, there's no cover left in the water. And, and it, you know, in both of those lakes, is it Falcon and Amistad, our populations were really high. When you take the habitat away and you've got a high bass population, nature's going to adjust. You're going to bring the fish population back in check with what the habitat is. And when you don't have any much habitat left, you lose your numbers. So uh, that's the biggest thing that has happened, you know, that caused the decrease was loss of habitat. What we've got going on right now, we've had fairly high water for three springs in a row at Falcons. A lot of good cover, good spawns, great food source. So the little ones have had somewhere to hide and survive and eat. We're, we're having a ton of fish. You know, recruitment, there's a lot of fish on the way up. You know, I did your kids' camp at Amistad uh, not too long ago. One thing I noticed about Amistad, it had been several years since I've been there. You got grass coming back. You've got shallow water vegetation. You got cover you got habitat and the numbers of fish is really improving you know it was a, that was a fun deal the kids caught a lot of fish we caught a lot of fish but it goes back to one thing habitat man nature will take care of itself if you have cover for those fish you know shifting gears now matt to lake fork is it fishing as well as what it has in the past i mean obviously east texans have seen a lot of high water in the past 18 months how is that affecting you know, Lake Fork fishery. You know, Aaron, two years ago, Lake Fork was phenomenal. The fishing, it was really low. Uh, we caught them crazy good in the, in the summer of 2014. 2015, we had that high water come in basically during the spawn. Fishing got tough in the summer of 2015. It was not as good, but that high water was good for the fishery. You know, you had a your spawn, your recruitment, they, they had to hide and live. So again, this year we've had high water all year, but it's been a fairly steady high there. It's been that way all year. The fish have set up properly out deep this summer. We're catching them really good. Uh, everything's looking healthy. The constant 
good water level seems to have really helped like uh you know hadn't been in a real state of flux this year i think that the big changes during the season last year with the water you know kind of kept last year down a little bit but yeah we've been a little high this year but it's been fairly constantly that way and, and everything's been been good uh the high water will help the future of those lakes just simply because of what it does for the spawn you know if you don't have little ones you won't have big ones in the future well that's uh, very well said i gotta add that you know it seems like texas in general you know we've got this great program here the uh share lunker program and uh, it really had been you know way off in 13 and 14 and 15 and i'm gonna make a little prediction based on what i'm seeing up here at amistad and what matt's talking about with fork and falcon i think you know once you get into 17 and 18 2017 and 2018 you're gonna see a big surge and really big bass here caught in the state of texas just because of the way the environment's been able to react over the low water and and the uh, drought period that we had in 2012 and 2013 and then the wet weather that we've really seen here in 2014 and 15 i think it's created a moment in time where you're gonna see a big spike and some really big fish down here in texas but uh I'll tell you what guys let's take a short break back Edge Radio will be right back with more from pro angler Matt Reed. If it's hard to stop or you hear squealing and grinding noises during braking, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts. You'll find the brake parts you need from trusted brands like BrakeBest, BrakeBest Select, and Wagner ThermoQuiet at everyday low prices. Play it safe with brake parts from O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices, every day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, Bass Edge Nation, we return with one of the best guides in the state of Texas, Big Fish Specialist Matt Reed, and our Angler Spotlight brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day, O'Reilly Auto Parts. Matt, let's chat about some of those big bass techniques you're using to catch those fish down there at Falcon and Fork. What are you looking for to locate bass in these late, hot summer months? Kurt, every fishery's a little different, but it, Falcon Rock is king. You know, I'm going to be looking offshore. I'm going to be looking for ledge rock. I'm going to be looking for little clumps of bigger rock out off the points and the drops. Or In my mind down here, rock is absolute king. I, I'm not a guy that's going to run around flipping the wood and so forth. Yes, you can catch fish doing that. But I'm going to be looking for hard bottom, hard big ledge rock on, on drop-offs. And those drop-offs aren't necessarily at the same depth. It's a type of bottom cover that, that I look for that down here holds those big fish. I'm going to catch most of them throwing a big crankbait football jig i love to throw a stand-up head with a you know an 11 or 12 inch straight tail worm on it and following down that line I, i'm not going to be throwing a little trick worm around on a shaky head I, i'm i'm not looking to catch numbers of fish which fortunately right now you catch numbers of fish at falcon even fishing the big fish ways but uh, i'm going to use a big bait this time of year on offshore structure and that, that's just how i look for that big fish so when you're setting out there and, and hunting for this big fish matt are you camping out on a spot you know when it's one of those days it's kind of maybe maybe tough to even get a bite or are, are you looking to move around a lot if nothing else just to to stay cool and keep the sweat from running down your back in between the seat <laughs> i am not gonna see it he's gonna bite my cricket pretty quick after i get there i'm gonna go look for another one you know i may come back to the same spot three times during a day if i can see him on my electronics but I am not a sitter. I'm going to look for an aggressive fish. Uh, one thing I have found over the years is these fish on the offshore structure, 
it all changes with just a little move and how they're positioned on that cover to whether they're active, whether they're inactive. And if they're not positioned correctly, when you pull up on a spot, in my mind, if you sit there for two hours casting, they'll never position correctly. They're not ever going to get in the right position to feed because you're disturbing them. So a lot of times you can see them off the edge of the break and they won't bite. You need to leave. Maybe come back in an hour, hour and a half, and see if they position correctly. A lot of times you come back and they're on go. So uh, I'm not a sitter. I'm going to move around a lot. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look for them on my electronics. With electronics we have now, you know, back in the old days, when you saw structure, you fished it. Uh, because you, whether you saw them on your electronics or not, they might be there. Now, if you can't take his picture, he's not there. So don't waste your time sitting there for an hour. So, Matt, you, you brought up about if they're off the edge, and that's kind of not position properly. Can you give us a quick example of what would be a proper position that, hey, you know it's on when you pull up and it's, it's go time? Well, when you can get them to sit up on top, to sit just up on the top of the shelf or even on the side of it as long as they're really close to it in contact with it it's go time and the way those fish will group up you know if, if they're onesies scattered around just randomly on top they're not really in, a, in a, an aggressive state if you idle over something and you see 20 of them laying there on the bottom all really close together those fish are in feed mode and one of my favorite things to do is idle over a place and look at customers and go bingo because when i say that we're going to it's usually going to be on, and, and the only way you get, can tell, you know, and learn what the positioning means is, is basically time on the water. You get to where you can look at those little white specks and those arches on your sonar and, and side scan, and, and you can interpret what, what mood they're going to be in, and that's not 100%, but man, you want them right up on the top of that shelf. The more on the top of it and sitting on the bottom they are, the more likely you are to be able to get those fish to bite. That's, uh, that's great tips there for folks uh, trying to learn some more about their electronics i'm going to ask you real quick you were talking about rock i know uh you were specifically referring to falcon right there let's let's kind of take an overall view if if we can real quick let's say there's a guy at uh, logan martin you know and you hear a lot about brush piles and stuff like that in the summertime is there a general rule that you feel like you go by of when to fish structure versus wood or brush piles in your deep water tactics? Kurt, my deep water tactics relate on bottom, okay? The lakes that have, you know, standing timber, wood, brush piles, those things drive me crazy. The places you're going to find your fish, if, if you would, in your mind, just take all that out, okay? Just throw the standing timber and the brush away and concentrate on the bottom content, the structure, the actual drops and humps and channels and how the bottom is is composed hard bottom is the number one key to me in finding deep bass if you want to ruin the best offshore hump you have that that fish have lived on forever it's a hard bottom place go put some brush on it you've just messed up your place and that's my opinion yeah if you a brush pile pattern can work if you got 50 brush piles and you want to run catch one out of five of them at some point during the day you will never find a big school a mega school of bass on brush piles or onesies 
if you're going to find a mega school of bass, it's going to be on something God built. It's not going to be on something man built. So I look for the bottom content, something natural that's a feature that a big school of bass will look to relate to. Wow. In the uh, first time at of 238 episodes of doing this, that's the first time I've ever heard that uh, analogy. And it absolutely makes sense. And perhaps you just answered the next question that I was going to throw at you. But, you know, I've had the opportunity to be on Lake Fork a handful of times. And as you well know, for anglers that are coming down and perhaps the clients that you guide there, it can be uh, quite overwhelming on just knowing where the heck to run in the lake, let alone, you know, where to start uh, actually casting. And obviously there's an abundance of cover like you just mentioned. Does that hold true for a lake like Fork to where you have all that standing timber? You're still completely keying in on what the bottom contour is? Sure. Fork is a perfect example for that. For me, when I'm looking for deep fish on Fork, in my mind, there's not one stump in that lake, okay? The stumps are insignificant to whether those fish use those humps or drop-offs or, or what most of the time. It's going to have to do with bottom content, bottom, you know, the drop-off, whether it's hard bottom. You know, that type of stuff is way, way more important than the standing timber, especially in deep water. You know, shallow water, that can be totally different. But in deep water, you want to concentrate on the structure, not the cover. Very good details right there, Matt. I know our listeners really appreciate that. And uh, I'm, I'm going to dive in a little bit farther. We've got a cool question here. It seems simple, but it's uh, very important, I feel like. And so here we go with the O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day, listener question segment. Today's question comes from Gary Boudreaux, I believe it is, from Illinois. Sounds like he would be from Louisiana, but he's from Illinois. (laughs) (laughs) But Gary asked this question. Since it is mentioned often in fishing reports, could you explain secondary points? Okay, let's give that a go. You know, first of all, I'm going to address a main point. The main point is like the point at the front of a creek, a big main lake point out on the big body of the water, you know, extending out from the shore or even off of the shallow area out there, a main big point. When I think secondary points, I usually, my brain goes to springtime, okay? And when those fish start moving back into creeks and pockets from the winter to the spring transition, they're going to go past those main front points. And the secondaries are the little points off the side as you work your way back into those, you know, and the creeks and bays and so forth. Uh, springtime, they really set up on those secondary points on the way in. They use them as stop-off places on, on the way back to where they're going to spawn on the way out after to the spawn, they're going to use them on the way back out to where they, they're going to spend their summer. So uh, the secondary points are, are just the smaller points off the side of things, not the main main points sticking out into the into the main body of the water. Well, there you go, Gary. Thanks, Matt, for answering Gary's question. And Gary, be sure to send us an email through our website simply by clicking on claimyourprize at bassedge.com and let us know that you heard your question answered from Matt on the show, and we will send out another O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. Hey, Aaron, I got to mention, you know, this is Gary's second question in the row. Guy has been throwing out the good stuff for us here at Bass Edge. So we appreciate you sending in those questions. And uh, reminder to everybody, Bass Edge listeners, send in those questions to the show via our webpage, BassEdge.com, or fire those to us through our Facebook page or possibly Twitter handle, whatever you prefer. But uh, it gives you a shot at winning an O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And uh, I got to say, Gary, you sent in some really great questions. I appreciate you being part of the show and uh, doubling down on those O'Reilly Auto Parts gift cards. Absolutely. Hey, Matt, I know you're anxious to get back out on the water and you probably have some clients waiting to go catch those massive fish. It was fantastic to have you be a part of Bass Edge Radio. Any final words uh, for Bass Edge Nation? Bass 
vegetation. Don't worry about it being hot. All the time, your people say, how do you catch a big fish in the summer? It's not by sitting on the couch. You know, get out there. Get out there, look deep, look on. Every lake that's different. Sometimes deep is 10 feet, some is 30. But look for your deep structure. Get out of that AC. Get out there and catch you a big old fish in the summer. Don't wait for the spawn because you're going to miss the best time of the year. You bet. And Matt, how can people get a hold of you if they just want to follow along and uh, see all these big fish you're catching or, or maybe get a hold of you for a guide trip? What's the best way to contact you? Um, I mean, I, I'm just Matt Reed on the on my Facebook stuff. That's a great way to keep up with pictures and so forth. You can contact me through my website at mattreedbasspro.com. There's a contact button on there where you can shoot me an email. Either, either do it through the website or, or message me on Facebook. Give me a shout. Let's go out there and try to catch you one of those big old fish. All right, good stuff. Well, Matt, thanks for hanging out with us on Bass Edge. I look forward to seeing you on some waterway here in the state of Texas. Be safe, buddy. Bass Edge Radio will be right back. This is FLW Tour Pro, Wesley Strader. Stay tuned right here on Bass Edge Radio. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. Aaron, I feel like we got a little theme going here. It's the whole Texas deal, and uh, it's like we're on the set of Bonanza. It's like, you know, we started off with the rolling, 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 and then that, now we've got, you know, all the South Texas stuff, and Matt Reed, you know, you can hear it in Matt Reed's voice. He's like that old Texan, and and, he, and, he, and he's catching big bass all over the place, and, and uh, dude, he's bringing the juice. We got a lot of good info from Matt today, man. What do you think? Holy cow. Yes, we did. It started off, you know, the the constant theme is we probably run this subject into the ground, but the mental aspect. But one thing that really, really stuck out, and I meant this when I said it during the interview in the 238 episodes that we have done this, Kurt, unless my memory has failed me and certainly correct me if it has, I have never heard anyone use the analogy concerning if you want to mess up your spot, a good spot that holds big schools on a hump or on a ledge, just go throw a brush pile on it because you're going to totally eradicate a big school of fish and mess with what, in his terms, God has made versus man-made. It just doesn't work. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting, and uh, I agree. Never never heard that before. What I really like is is Matt's approach. Matt's got an approach that is uh, hard and fast through confidence. He enjoys the way he fishes offshore, off the bank, specifically looking for how those fish are positioned, specifically looking for the right structure that's going to put him in contact with the best bass. And then at the same time, you know, he said uh, he used the term cricket. He said he doesn't throw his cricket out there a whole lot of times without them chomping on it before he moves. So he's continuing to kind of move around and fish aggressively to uh, stay in contact with the feeding bass during these hot summer months. I think that's super important because you can get to an area 
cast to it a million times. And like he said, too, I thought this was another real good key that Matt brought out is those fish might not reposition as long as you're around there bugging their home. And uh, if you go ahead and leave it, they might reposition, get set up, as he called it, and in that active feeding mode. So uh, a lot of really good tips from Matt there, bringing on the deep structure, hot, late summertime bassin, man, and dude catches biggins. You can't deny somebody that's posting just freaking giants like Matt Reed is. So uh, awesome to have him here on the show. It's been a great day. Oh, it, it certainly has, certainly has. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll almost even go to the extent of, of naming it deep power fishing, which is hard to believe. But all around, good interview. Nothing more to add there. And certainly I know uh, you are prepping for a tournament. We need to let everybody else prep for their day on the water as Bass Edge Radio episode number 238 comes to a close. For Kurt Dove, I am Aaron Martin. Join us for episode 239 right here and we'll have another great guest for you. So long, everybody. You know the importance of protecting your investments, so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com. <laughs>